go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So ever since our uh, first 30 days of prayer that we did uh, between like mid-December of 99, mid-January of 2000, uh, the Lord's had us on a, on a path as a, what was then a college ministry, what was um, at some point going to become a church plant, which we obviously have done. And so, uh, but all the way back to that point, he's had us, he's been just leading us down this path of, uh, I believe in a Psalm 23 kind of way, corporately he's had us going down a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And um, there's, there's, a lot of it was just centered around um, what you see described in the book of Acts, uh, what you see uh, Paul's letters uh, what Peter has to say, what James has to say, uh, like prescribing, teaching, this is the way things should be. You know, um, We spent that first 30 days just sitting in the book of Acts. And many of us, uh, me you know, in particular, maybe for the first time, we're just really gripped by what, you know, what we were reading. Just the reality of like, wow, this, this stuff really happened. Like this is what, there's a group of people uh, completely submitted to the Lord and His, I mean, the Spirit at work, the power that um, He infused into their actions. That there was this, this generosity and, and this boldness and this willingness to to sacrifice and serve other people and um, tell people who Jesus was, and uh, no matter what the persecution that came their way because of it. And there's there's just something there when you read it, when you go slowly and you read the Book of Acts, it just it grabs a hold of you. And we emerge from that time being like, that's what, we want to be a part of that. And whether the ring becomes a church or whether that's the church for that group of people going through there, we're like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen with the ring or if any of us are going to even be a part of it when the time it actually happens. But I want to be a part of that, you know. Like, I want to be a part of that kind of church wherever I am. And um, he just began to shape some ideas in us about what church was supposed to be and what community was really about and what uh, just his design for the body of Christ, and uh, that's really been driving us for a long time. And so uh, here we are. You know, we're seven and a half years or whatever into this church plant thing, and and we're we're growing up. You know, um, and when you grow up, and as you grow, like there's adjustments that have to be made. You know, so you you take someone who's they're two. You know, and they're there's certain things that you do with a two-year-old and certain ways you structure their lives that it changes when they're seven. You know, it changes when they're 10, changes when they're 20. You know, it's, you're always making adjustments as you grow. And, and that's one of the things that has been important to us from the very beginning is this, this understanding that the church is alive. You know, it's not this building and it's not the name and it's not a, a constitution and bylaws. It's not that kind of stuff. The church, I mean, it's, it's us. It's the people. Um, and because she's alive, she's growing, and sometimes she has great victories and sometimes great struggles, and she, she hurts, you know, she cries, she uh, has just great times of, of just good fruit, and there's just so much about the, the church that's so beautiful, and the most important thing is that Jesus looks at the church and he's like, that's my girl, you know, that's my bride. I love, I love these people. Even though they can be pretty messed up sometimes. Even though they make some just dumb decisions. And with all the struggles of the church, Jesus looks at her and he loves and loves her and is so proud of her. And 
That's been very important to us from the beginning, um, that we value what Christ values, and He values the church, and so we value the church. And uh, So as we grow, we make adjustments, and, and we're making some adjustments currently, and that's uh, what I want us to, to look at tonight, and I want, you to, I want to tell you some things that we're, that we're changing because we're growing up. Uh, and so what I bring to you tonight comes from the staff and elders spending months discussing and praying and discussing and praying. And, uh, it, 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 the last couple of months journey, but also goes back to that 30 days of prayer when God really grabbed a hold of us and said, don't compromise on some of this stuff. Like, don't lose this vision uh, for understanding what the church is as expressed in the scriptures. And so, um, so what I want us to do is I want us to look at some of these adjustments that we're going to be making uh, and kind of where some of these things come from. This is from the elders and staff. It's, a, it's not a change of direction. We're not changing direction uh, in the things that we're doing and, and how we're doing it. Um, we're, we're solidifying the direction we've always been going um, and making adjustments because we're growing up. And we're also making adjustments because we see some unhealthy patterns that have emerged in us that are keeping us, I think, from flourishing in the ways that, that Jesus has put us together and designed us uh, and so, um, so we're going to look at some of those tonight. Um, what we looked at in the book of Acts through those many years ago is, you know, God is describing what was going on. But then you read the letters of Paul and the teaching, and he's prescribing it. He's saying, this is, this is how you do that. And, and they go together, you know. Uh, there's so much that's married together. And so we're going to look at two texts tonight. I'm going to go kind of quickly through it. And so you just, just need you to just trust me that um, I've done my homework and I've taught on this stuff in other times. And so if you want to go podcast fishing at some point, you can find these, these things. But I want to go quickly through this because uh, I want us to all understand that, that like, this is what we're going for. This is what we're going for. So in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, we'll start in verse 4. Um, Says there's a, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Okay, so there, there's this this beautiful thing that exists in the church, in, in the fact that none of us are the same. That there's a variety that exists, and so you look around the room, and there's all kinds of different gifts and personalities and experiences and. Uh, things that you're good at, things that you're not good at, and uh, there's people who are who have really matured in their walks with the Lord, and people who are kind of just starting out, and some people who just kind of are kind of treading water and aren't sure what to do. And there's that's, that's the awesome thing about the church is there's this variety of things, but there's this unifying truth that that they the point of origin for all these all these things is is the Spirit of God. It's God Himself who has uh, thought up you and me. And put us together. And so it's not this random collection of people that's together. It's this strategic gathering. Um, and so God, in these varieties of gifts and abilities and things, He's the one that's empowering all of them. And so something that's very important for us to, to understand is that Scripture teaches that variety is, is good and necessary and awesome. But there's a unity that comes with it as well. And that the Spirit of God is the thing that takes... All, People so, as different as everyone in this room, and yet makes us all connected, is God's Spirit. Um, and so in verse 7, uh, this is a verse that you just, you just need to know this verse. Uh, this, this is the, like, if you want to understand spiritual gifts, 
This is the verse you need to go to. There's a lot of, a lot of weird understandings about spiritual gifts and uh, you know, tests that you can take and all these kind of things and surveys and whatever. It'll tell you how you're gifted and everything. Um, look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what is, when people talk about spiritual gifts, what is, what is a spiritual gift? It's, it's the manifestation of the Spirit. Capital S, Spirit of God. It means that, that God, He shows up in your life. That's what He does. He manifests. There are just some very natural ways that the character of God surfaces in your life. That's all it is. It's nothing spooky. It's nothing that you, know, you need to be stressed out about because you don't know what your gifts are and that kind of stuff. They're just some really natural ways that God shows up and says, hey, look, look at me. So some people are, are they're like it's, it's the patience of God or the, the faithfulness of God. Sometimes it's the wisdom of God. Some people are gifted administratively. You know, like God's, God's the greatest administrator that's ever you know, existed. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a boldness in evangelism. Sometimes it's, uh, it's a faith for those who don't have faith. There's just all these ways that, that God shows up. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. And the verse says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Like, so to each person who is a Christian, God's been like, okay, um, I'm gonna, like, my Spirit is going to live inside you. Okay? So Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right? In fullness, God lives inside of us. Um, and then there are some specific ways that that, that is like, proven. That manifestation of the Spirit. So he's looked at each believer and said, okay, um, while, my full, while my spirit lives in fullness inside this person, I'm, I'm just going to uniquely wire them up in some very specific ways so that uh, just very naturally I surface and I'm visible and seen. So some people say, well, I'm not, you know, I, don't, I don't think I have spiritual gifts. I don't think I'm very gifted. I don't think I'm very good at certain things or whatever. And this verse t- tells, says that you're wrong. It says, to each has been given this manifestation of the Spirit. That every single person who is in Christ has these natural ways that God shows up in your life. So don't mystify it. Don't make it this big mysterious thing and something to worry about and whatever. And beat yourself up because you aren't using your spiritual gifts. And we've, we've probably all been beaten over the head with that stuff before. And there's not a test that you take to tell you what your gifts are. In the New Testament church, you don't see them like, they got together and they all took a spiritual gifts inventory figured out exactly how they're gifted and then they got into groups based on their gifts and they went out and all the people like this got into a clump and went and did this and no that's not at all what it says they just they loved God and they loved people and as that was happening very naturally people were like man this guy's like incredibly patient and this person's incredibly gracious uh, this person uh, is is very is very organized. This person shares their faith really naturally, and people everybody's just doing what comes naturally to them. And what happens is the variety of those gifts clump them together like Voltron. And next thing you know, this like the church is rolling. You know that's what that's what happens. There you go. Hence the tree. Not really. I don't know. Uh, so I know y'all are real curious about that, and I'm kind of curious to see how it comes out. So. Um, so to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. For the good of everyone. So God hasn't gifted someone in a way to make them look awesome. It's for the building of 
the church. It's for the common good. It's for all of us. And so the things, the things in my life, the ways that the Spirit of God manifests in my life, you need those things. And there are ways that I wish He would manifest in my life. And sometimes He does, but there are things that aren't very natural to me. But to a lot of you, they are natural. And I need that manifestation. I need that. We need each other, and so He's given us each other. So to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's, a, that's something massive to grab onto. And, and what that tells us is every single person is significant. So from the beginning, we've been on this path of being like, okay, variety of gifts, one spirit, everybody is gifted for the common good. So if anyone is absent from like congregational life, it means that we're missing something we were intended to have. And they are missing something they were intended to have. So that's one of our convictions is like, no, no, this is 100% of the people. God's gifted 100% of the people. And He covers all the ground. That's needed. And so that's what we've been going for from the beginning. Is like, okay, we need, this is everybody. Verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another the working of miracles uh, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. I often say to you know this, make this statement that God is not random. Uh, here's here's another thing thought you can put below that one. You're not random either. And I'm not random either. But the way that God has wired us is completely on purpose. Look at that last book of 11. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. He says, I'm going to make you exactly like this on purpose and I'm going to empower everything that's going on there. So to all the different gifts... None of them are random. They're all strategic. Because God is, He's a strategist, right? He's precise. He's not random, therefore you're not random. Uh, these, are, these are big concepts that, that have shaped us as a church for a long time. Um, look at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. He's saying, okay, the body of Christ is kind of like a body. That's why he uses the body. We're saying, yeah, okay, like how many, you know, how many parts make up the body? A bunch. How many bodies are there? One. Bunch of body parts. One body. So it's the same thing. There's a bunch of us here, right? One body. Bunch of us all over all over the world. Alex and Preston this morning gathered with believers in Calcutta. One body. Same thing. So there's this unity that exists. Amongst the diversity. 
See, only God can do that. Only God can take a bunch of people and you take a photograph of them and you're like, man, these people are all different. And he's like, no, they're all, they're all one. You're like, okay, so they're all one. He's like, yeah, but they're all different. See, we're a reflection of the Trinity. The Trinity's three in one. We're many in one. It's all, it's all the same. So, he goes on. Look at verse 14. I'm sorry. Yeah, look at 14. That's fine. Uh, For the body does not consist of one member, but, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So, when... When someone says, like, oh, I don't really have a place, this verse says that you are wrong. So when you look at someone else and you're like, well, if I was gifted like this person, then, you know, whatever. And so what he's saying is, like, just because the foot's being like, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that foot's still part of the body. The foot's wrong. The foot is failing to understand the big picture of what's going on and the uniqueness and the importance of a foot. The foot is envious or comparing themselves to the hand or something like that, but the foot is wrong. And so if you've been existing in church life for a long time, just thinking, oh, I don't have a place, and I'm not that important, and I can show up or not show up, and it doesn't really matter, and the Ring Community Church does not need what I have to offer because I'm really not that special, this verse says that you are wrong. And so we've got to grab onto that and be like, okay, I get it. Variety. Unity. Different functions, different purposes, different angles, different things, one spirit, one vision. Just like your body needs your foot, we need your gift. Look at 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Think about that if your whole body was an ear. Just think about that for a second. How weird. He's like, yeah, okay, if, if all of us were the same, if, if we had 150 people here who all had the gift of administration, how terrible would that be? That would be horrible. Or if we all had that gift, and I don't really know what, what you would call that gift, but the gift of the person who like, like has, to be, has to be the door holder and has to be the last one in, like won't let you go first. Like, no, you first, you first, you first. If we were all like that, no one would ever come inside. He's like, you first, no, you first, no, you first, no, you first. We didn't get anything done. So your administrator has to come in and be like, hey, this is not working. <laughs> if we were all the same, we would not be functioning in a healthy way. We need a variety, just like you're, you're not one giant eyeball or one giant ear. What a, what a brilliant illustration Paul uses, right? Because you're all like, okay, all right, I get it, I get it. Look at 18. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each of them, as he chose. What a great verse. As he chose. The church is his. He put us together. It's not ours. As he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Skip down to 24. Look at the second half of 24. 
But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be, here we go, no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Remember that phrase, the same care for one another. He's put things together in this variety of ways and unified things. Why? That we may have the same care for each other. That when you hurt, I hurt. And when you're celebrating, I'm celebrating. That's, that's, that's his design for things. So there I was as a 23-year-old reading this. And almost for the first time was like, oh man, okay. That's what he has in mind. That's what church is supposed to be. And I'm not saying that I like, had never been taught that before or whatever. It was just like the first time that I was like, op- like, open to that and grabbed onto it. I was like, yes. And a whole group of us did. And we started praying toward 2006. And the church started and then we've been going forward. And now that we're growing up, we need to make some adjustments because... We look at this, and then you take the way things actually work here at the ring. Sometimes you lay it on top of it, and in some ways, in some ways, it syncs up really well. In some ways, it's it's a little bit not there yet. And so we're coming to the Lord, and we're like, okay, what? We don't want there to be a little bit of overlap. We want there. We want to be like carbon copy, right? We want to be. That's what we want to happen. So, like, okay, what do we? What do we need to do? All right, turn to Ephesians four. Let me add just a little bit to this. In Ephesians 4, he's, he covers some of the same things in this, in this letter. He talks about, uh, in the first part of chapter 4, unity and oneness and the variety of gifts. Uh, that, that, and he talks about how Jesus has given, uh, out of the spoils of his victory, he's given gifts to the church. He's given gifts to the church. And at first you're like, yeah, spiritual gifts. But then you start reading, you're like, wait a minute, this, he's talking about something different. Look at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. He gave them. That's what he's, that's what, in the, like contextually speaking, that's what Paul is saying. That out of the spoils of his victory... Okay, now he's already covered, he's covered spiritual gifts. He's talking about that. In this particular chapter, he's saying out of the spoils of the victory of, of Jesus, he has given to the church these gifts of leaders. He's given apostles and prophets, evangelists, and teachers, shepherds as a gift. And so you might be thinking, man, did Josh just tell us that he's a gift to us? No. Paul said that I'm a gift <laughs> to, to you. I'm just saying what he said. That's what he's saying. He's saying like, okay, I've given you these people, and I've equipped them certain ways. Uh, and all, all of those, those five things listed there basically involve... Uh, like communicating and teaching the scriptures. Uh, so I've given you these people to do what? To, verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. 
to equip the saints, everybody, for the work of ministry. Not to do the ministry, to equip the common good for ministry. Now, I know there's, a, there's this thing here in America where uh, you have a church, you hire staff, and you bring to them the people to minister to them. And it's kind of a, a mindset thing. That's not in the Bible. And you know what? You go outside of the U.S., and that's not really there either. It's not there either. So it's something we're having to overcome as Americans is this idea that, like, oh, the church staff, they're here. That's what they're here to do. They're here to minister to people. We're supposed to go and find them and then bring them to them, and they do the stuff. And the Bible says, no, it's kind of the opposite. Um, like, God has given people to equip you, and then he's sending you to them. So the ministry happens outside the walls of the gathering, not inside the walls of the gathering. And so he's given uh, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's a lot that's saying, but basically, um, here let me just sum it up. He's saying, um, equip the saints of the work of ministry and, and let's, let's build our faith you know, our trust and our love of, of Christ to the point where we grow up and we are mature men and women who look like Him and not children who will fall for anything. That's what he's saying. So God has placed elders, pastors, teachers here to equip and to build and to send so that we would learn to love God more and love people more and look more and more and more like Him and not like little kids who just fall for any old thing, get real distracted by stuff and whatever. Focus, mature. And that's what's happening. So when I say we're growing up, that's what we're, we're, we're growing up. And so we're not a little one, two-year-old church anymore. Now we're seven and a half. You know, wow. And so um, think how old we are in dog years. I don't know in church years how old we would be. But we're growing up. And so we have to make some adjustments because that's, I don't know about you, but I look at that and I'm like, no, that's, that's what I want it to be a part of. That's, that's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. We're not trying to build an empire. We're not trying to like, like have a brand that everybody knows. We're not trying to be famous. Uh, we're trying to, this is what we're trying to do. Um, look at verse 15. Um, or 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, right, we are to grow up in every way, okay, into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each part is working properly, the body of Christ builds and thrives, right? I hope that you read that and you're like, yes. That's what, I, that's what I signed up for. That when I'm following Christ in, with a group of people, I'm a part of a gathering of Christ followers, that's what I want to be a part of. And so you take 1 Corinthians 12, you take Ephesians 4. That's where we're headed. And so what do we need to do to get there? Uh, I had a professor named, uh, he's Dr. Randy Millwood at seminary, and he said, don't forget that every, every healthy organism is very carefully and intricately organized. 
So if the church is alive, she's a living organism, there's organization that happens within that. Sometimes we read things like in, in Acts, and it seems like, like, oh, they were just going with the Spirit, going with the Spirit. And then you read the writings of Paul, and you're like, oh, no, wait, they were a lot more structured than it seems at times. And so we need to make some adjustments to the organism a little bit and, and how we're organized in order to, to keep us going down that path. We're not kids anymore as a church. We're at a point where it's time to do a little bit of changing. So here's, here, here are, here's the change, the big change. Um, there are a lot of, a lot of things that are going to just continue as, as is. Uh, so we want, you to, we want you to keep taking care of yourself. You know, keep abiding, keep trusting, um, keep obeying, keep, uh, keep remembering that there are no shortcuts to this. That's not going to change. We want you to still be uh, involved in, in, in the fullness of congregational life. You know, Sunday nights, super important, you know. Prioritize that. Community group, prioritize that. Serving, giving, all those things, those things will continue. Uh, just believing that, that God is, has, is using the leadership that He has in place to use those different gatherings and those different things to accomplish what, what we've read about and talked about. Um, here's, here's where we see like, the biggest struggle with, with these kind of things being lived out. That if, if, the, if the, what's being prescribed here by Paul is like, okay, look, everybody's, everybody's gifted. Everybody has the spirit uh, of God living inside them. Everybody is important, just like every part of a body is important. Uh, there is no such thing as an appendix, you know, like something we can live without this person. That doesn't really exist. Every person, every gift, every situation, 100% of the people then we need to figure out how do, we, how do we do that a little bit better. And so I'm going to use my friend the old Christmas tree here to try and maybe illustrate something. This was an idea I had this morning, so, and I'm still kind of jet-lagged. So if this doesn't make sense, then I'll chalk it up to that. Um, here's, here, here's where we, t- where we tend to see some issues. When something happens in your life, and you need, uh, you need prayer, you need um, wise counsel, you know, you need godly wisdom, uh, you need uh, to know that you're not in it by yourself, um, you need someone to talk to, you need somebody who will just listen. Uh, where do you turn when that happens? Um, that's the situation that, that the elders and staff have since, tends to be the, one of the biggest hindrances for us uh, as far as like communal living. Now, Prayerlessness is a problem, okay? Not being in the Word is a problem. Not abiding is a problem. Those kind of things are problems. So I'm not saying that we're like super good at those things. But when it comes to like living as a community, this is a situation that we run into a lot. Where uh, when it comes to who do I turn to, uh, we kind of have some, some things that are kind of off. So um, I'm going to take this, the top of this Christmas tree and uh, set this down here. So in, you know, you're probably familiar with the vine and the branches, right? So just pretend this is a vine and branches, uh, okay? Uh, that uh, we, don't, we don't really understand vineyards maybe all that well, but we all understand trees here in South Louisiana. So Jesus describes himself in John 15 as the true vine. Um, and so uh, 
when, when, when you need to turn to someone, there are basically like two categories. One is Jesus, and two is the church, right? So Jesus, as the true vine, needs to always be the place that you turn, right? So uh, he says he's the vine, or he's the trunk of the tree. So uh, here's this, I know this is all fake right here, so I get that. So um, let's pretend that this is a living, breathing trunk of a tree, and let's say that, that you are one of these branches. Let's say that you're, um, say that you're this branch. You're gifted in very specific ways. He's made you just like he wants you. Your personality, your stuff. He's led you through all these experiences, all this stuff. And there you are as this branch. Um, the first place you need to turn is you need to turn to, to the true vine. Um, way, way too often... People come to us as staff, and they're like, this is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, so what, how have you been praying? They're like, uh, well, I hadn't really been praying. All right. Step one, pray. <laughs> turn to the true vine. That's the first place that you're going to turn to. We've covered that a lot. I want to talk about the second one, the church. Uh, there, are, there are three different groups of people that God's put into your life. Three groupings of branches. Because if you think about it, this tree... Uh, is it kind of looks like us, right? Your branch attached to the true vine. You're surrounded by a bunch of other branches all attached to the true vine. And so, in some ways, a church is like a tree. And so here you are, and God's given you three different groups of people to turn to. The first group for you to turn to, let's say that it's this section right here, all right? Um, so here you are, and something has just happened, Right? Something, something bad, something good, something you, you aren't sure what to think of it. You, just, you need all the, those things I said earlier. The first group of people that you can turn to, the first group of branches, is, are your like, close friends and family. Now, I'm not talking about people who don't know Jesus. Okay? All these friends and family are, are connected to the true vine. So these are Christian people who love the Lord. So I know some of you don't have family members who are Christians, or maybe some of you, your like best friends don't, aren't Christians. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about friends, like close friends and family that God has given you who, who know Jesus. Now, you might look at that and say, that's way too many branches to accurately represent me. Okay, that's fine. But you probably have a couple, right? People that you trust, people that are friends. You need to be turning to them when stuff happens. And I'm sure there, maybe there are some reasons why you don't. You know, maybe you're like, man, it's so awkward to talk to my family or uh, my friends. I don't know. We don't really have that kind of like friendship. Okay, well, that's a problem. If your closest friends, your closest friends who are Christians, if, if you guys never have conversations that are meaningful... If, there's, if you don't know how each other are doing in your walks with the Lord and, if, and what's going on, if there's no prayer and there's no accountability and there's no follow-up, like it's just real surfacey interaction with stuff, then you've got you to gotta fix that. You've got to cowboy up and deal with that in, in your friend group. Just get them together and be like, hey, how come we're so shallow with each other? And let them be awkward and then let the awkwardness subside and then get into it a little bit. Figure it out. But God has given you all these branches, and He's put them all around you. So that when you need to lean on somebody, you're pressing into the true vine, and then you're leaning on these branches that are right around you. So He's given you that group that's there. He's also given you another group. Let's say that this, this group is, the, this is your community group. All the people in your community group. 
not your community group leaders alone, all the people in your community group. So you've spent uh, at least one semester going around and hearing this person's testimony and this person's testimony and how God saved this person and what he led this person through. And you've heard so much of this. And every Tuesday you're in a room and you're in a circle with all these branches. And so even though like, you're right here, pretend like you're kind of right here too, um, that he's put you in these relationships, they are gifts to you for you to turn to. And you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't really know my group that well. And this and this and this. may have all these excuses. In the design of God, He's given you these relationships. These are people for you to turn to. A variety of gifts, a variety of experiences, a variety of all this stuff, and one Lord who has put you in this group of branches. And we're going to be making some changes to what our, what our community group time together looks like. That's hopefully going to foster this, where you're going to feel more and more like, yeah, these are people that I can trust. These are people I can turn to. And so let me, let me bear with me. Okay. So, so here you are. I think this is you. You got all these friends and family around you. You got this community group that's there. He's also given you a third group. Uh, not putting them on top for a reason. This is over the third point. Uh, these, these would be the elders. Right? Handsome group of men, right? Uh, these are the elders. Jesus has given the elders to the church to equip you for the work of ministry, to help you build your relationship with the Lord, to love Him more, to trust Him more, to grow up into the, the image of Him, uh, full, mature adulthood, not being like a kid, you know, all that, all that stuff we talked about. Um, He's given the elders to accomplish this. And so, when something goes on in your life, this is another option for you. So, these guys, elder and pastor, okay, same word. So, our church has eight pastors. Eight. And they are, they're in on this. And so, they're ready. And they're determined. They're like, yeah, this is what we need to be doing. Um... And so they've made themselves available. They realize that God has put them there to be available. And so, so here you are. And let's say that something happens and you're like, I've got to meet with a pastor. Well, you either contact one of them directly or you email elders at ringcommunity.org. And it goes to all of us and we will follow up. Uh, so, so here you are. Something has happened. God has set you up with three specific groups of people. Your close friends and family, your community group, and your pastors. So what we need you to do when something happens, we need you to figure out, of these three groups, where do I need to turn in this? Is this a close friend and family thing? Is this a community group thing? Is there someone in my group that I can turn to, that I can talk to, that I can, can trust and sit down with this? Or is it for the whole group? Or is this something I need, I need to sit down with one of, one of my pastors and and have someone who can, can speak the truth of God's word to me, that can counsel me through this, or that can help me figure out what's next, if it's a, a counselor, or if it's like some other, you know, whatever. Um, that God has, He has completely set you up to succeed, so that whatever it is you're going through, you are not even close to being by yourself and alone in it. That's how He's made the church. Now, let me point out something obvious. You notice there's no... 
no, none of these three sections of branches did I say the word staff at all. Um, you don't really see church staff in the Bible, you know? Like, I mean, it's kind of Levite, you know, like you can make a case for it, I guess, but. The staff is not here to do that stuff. That, that the, the place that you need, like, it's not one of your three options. It's not this fourth option that's there. And sometimes there's this mindset that, okay, so the staff, they're basically like counselors on retainer for me. And so, uh, contrary to what you might think, we don't sit up in the office and like wait for you to call us. You know? That Meg has like things that she has been, like, like, that the elders have looked at her and said, hey, we would like you to be responsible for these things. The elders have looked at me and said, we would like for you to be responsible for these things. And because there's so much, coming, so much traffic coming directly to the staff and bypassing this section and this section and this section, that we don't have time and energy left to do the things that we're actually called to be doing. And that's a problem, uh, and on a couple levels, one level is that it's a ton of weight for me, for Meg, to carry. I mean, have you ever seen the line for Meg after on a Sunday? It's crazy. And then people get up to her and they're like, oh, I had to wait, however. It's like, we didn't create that, you know? Don't fuss at us because of that. It's, it's really difficult. And so there's a weight that's there um, that's, that this reorganization and stuff is going gonna, is gonna to help. But that's not, the, that's not the goal. The goal is we want to be functioning like 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. We wanna, that's what we want to be. And you don't see in the Bible it's saying like, hey, put all the weight on a couple of people. On your staff and on your community group leaders and whatever. No, no, the Bible says 100% of the people. That's what we're going for. And so this whole thing, these three groups of people, it's not about like, oh, we need to like, take heat off the staff. That's just a byproduct of what's going to happen. What's going to happen is we're gonna, she and I will both be more free to deal with the things that we're, like in our capacity as staff, we're called to do. And so we're going to better serve you. You're equipping in the work, in, for ministry, and all those things that we're there to do are going to get better. If everybody plays ball, you know, if when something happens, you take the time to pray through this, this idea that there's three groups of branches, or really there's all these branches that are there that God has given you to choose from. And so I know like some of you are like, so, okay, so you're saying like Meg's not going to meet with people anymore. You're not going to meet with people anymore. And I'm kind of saying that, Um, but I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I'm saying that is like, look, we've grown up to the point where like God is now leading us forward, saying like, guess what? You're mature enough now to where um, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna raise that percentage higher and higher and higher. Like you're you're ready for this. Not saying we haven't been ready before. I, I don't. I can't really say that he's shown us that, but he's shown us that now is the time to be to do some reorganizing of the organism, so that more people are functioning in their gifts. And that more people are, are serving and loving and caring. And so that you and I all realize that He has completely surrounded us with people to care for us. And also, that you're one of these branches in here somewhere. So when someone else speaks up and someone comes to you and is like, Hey, I really need something. That you're there giving good, godly advice. 
that you're not saying dumb stuff to each other and that we're not caring for each other in really shallow ways, that we're going deep together as a community. Uh, some of the community group changes are hopefully going to foster some more of that you know, trust and that environment that's there. Um, but we have to see all this and realize like God's design for the church is perfect. It's perfect. Of all the ways he could have set us up, he was like, okay, we're going to do it like this. And so all we have to do, we just have to let him, let him lead us. Let him show you how he's set you up with all these relationships. And take the time when things happen to pray through it. In fact, where do I turn here? Do I turn to my close friends and, and family? Do I turn to my group? Do I turn to the elders? Now there's a ton of grace in this because I don't really know how this is going to work. Um, and I, don't, I hope you don't hear me being, I'm not being negative, but I'm saying, no, I am telling you, we've, sent, we've picked up on some patterns here that we really need to change. I think this is going to help. But I need you, we need everyone to be on board and to follow through with this and to really like, take this seriously and see this as like, no, no, God's designed us to function a certain way. We're just trying to get more and more and more and more and more and more lined up with that. So don't get uptight about the rules. Don't be like, ah, so, so can I call Meg? Can I email Josh to set up a thing? I don't really know how that works. Don't get uptight about it. Don't worry about how, like, all this kind of stuff. Go back to this, okay? When something happens, go back to this and think close friends and family or my community group or my pastors. Who, where do I turn? Where do I turn? Where do I turn? We're going to be communicating some things, just making sure you know who the elders are and how all that stuff works. If you're not in a community group, I need you to get in one because if not, you don't have a base there. And that's you know, kind of awkward. This whole thing doesn't make sense. So you need to get into a group. They start a week from, like, not this week, but next week. Um, so yeah, there's really, you need to be in a group. We'll make that work. Um, these are some of the adjustments that we're making. Because we really believe that God has some incredible things ahead for us. And these incredible things are going to, they're going to require 100% of us being all, like 100% of us in using all our gifts and all our personalities and all the things, all the ways that he's wired us. Uh, so I'm going to assume that everybody's on board. If you're not on board, you just, you can, you can talk to Meg after. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. If you're not on board, I need you to talk to Jesus about it. And if you're still not on board after that, then talk to one of the elders. We'll be glad to sit down and hear your concerns about it. Um, but we've spent a long time pursuing this and praying about this. And so bringing it to you and asking you to, to join us in praying this forward and seeing what God has for us next. Um, and so we're going uh, to sing a little bit and, uh, and all that. So let's, let's stand together. I just want to spend a few minutes praying. I know I talked for a long time. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been a whole summer of not doing it, so get it worked out. Let me pray for us as the band comes back up. I just want you just to take just a second and let's just let's you just thank the Lord for for perfectly designing the church. Because the problem is not on his end. The problem is always on our end. Um, so let's just thank him. Let's also thank him. Just 
Take a time just to thank Him for making you just like He wanted you. Um, and for surrounding you with branches so that you're not in this by yourself. God, we are, we're grateful. Um, we thank you for, just for your design. And we don't want to be in the way of that at all, ever. We thank you for gifting us just like you wanted us and for assembling us and gathering us. And um, For those who are looking for a church home, God, I pray you bring us the ones that you want to be here. If this is not the place that you help them land somewhere because this is your design for all the churches. We thank you, God, that we are not in this by ourselves. Thanks for the community you've made us a part of and uh, just for your grace and dealing with us and as we try and figure it out. God, I pray that you would bless our efforts to follow you forward in this adjustment. To some, this might seem like a very small adjustment and for some it seems really huge, but we're just trusting, God, that, um, that you are in this you know our hearts, our desire. We just we want to we just want to follow you obediently. And what you envision, what you your dream for the church, we want to be right in line with that. And so we need your help. And we thank you that you love your bride, and that, like we sang earlier, there's just never a point where you're letting go. Um, that you're seeing us through all things. We thank you that you are our true vine, our source of life and strength, and that you are faithful. And pray, God, that you'd help us to see your bride uh, the same way, as a source of faithfulness and goodness, a source of care and love. And we know that all begins with us seeing you for who you are. And so as we close and we sing these songs that are they're very just corporate pray, God, you'd help just continue to solidify that sense of togetherness uh, as being a part of a family of faith, part of your church, your bride. And so we thank you that while our faith tends to just be all over the map, you're, you're steady. You're steady to us. You're good to us. And we thank you for that.